Hi, my name is Shoto, and I am a monk at Sokukoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokuzan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help. So the title of the talk is uh, my, my Teachers. I just came up with that at the last minute. Don't even know exactly what I'm going to talk about, but perhaps you can ask, help me with questions as we go along. Before we do that, thank you so much for joining us, for being part of this uh, community, even if it's only for a little while. And also thank you to those of you who not only participate with this, uh, this uh, Sangha, this community, Soku Koji, but also to those of you who donate and help us stay afloat, help us uh, pay the bills and so on, keep everything going. This kind of activity doesn't generate income particularly. It can, so I think some large monasteries are very good at fundraising and might be doing very well. Um, and I think we will uh, do quite well as we go along. This takes time. So thank you very much. Continue to help us if you can. Very much appreciated. Might not look like it, but it is very much appreciated. So thank you. So my teachers, I thought of different ways of discussing this, and I didn't really want to start with my very first teacher that I recognized as a teacher. I think I was three and she was four, maybe. And she, no, it's not that. Um, she showed me how to share. She broke her hamburger in half and gave me half. I can't tell you how excited I was about that at three years old. Uh, and I immediately ran back inside to tell my mother and whoever else, my grandmother, whoever else was there. It just was I never have anybody come from someplace else and take their food and give me part of it. It's quite a quite a big deal uh, in that uh, young person's mind stream. And I could have thought about mentioning other teachers that I had when I went to art school or could even go back to uh, uh, Mrs. Vest, who was my third grade teacher, and tell you uh, uh, probably the first person I met who, as a teacher, who didn't look down on me, who actually met me right where I was at. At the time, I didn't know what that meant. I just thought it was odd that I could feel so good about being around an adult. Uh, pretty amazing. Other children, uh, I think, felt the same way around her. Beautiful woman. Then I could go through <laughs> the whole my, my uh, um, disagreement with the Western way of educating people, starting out by testing people. Don't test anyone. Very, very disrespectful to take a person with all the dependent origination that arises in anyone's mind, including how they were treated when they were three, and just assume that everybody should test, study and test the same damn thing. Some people are going to be excellent, going to be wonderful at that, very exciting champions, award winners, and other people who are by far more intelligent and insightful than that person not get any uh, acknowledgement or recognition at all because they um, they understand differently. And there's probably countless varieties. When I say countless, I mean every single person. That's why you can't count it. Every single person is completely unique. So in order to be an educator, if you want to do that, if you want to be one, then practice what? Meeting yourself where you're at. Because if you are covering up yourself with your and here comes the fancy word, your bullshit, 
then you'll you'll cover up the other person. You want to be successful as a teacher rather than wanting them to actually benefit from what you have to say. Big difference there. I told you I didn't know how to how to talk about this. I don't. This is a I come out of an emotional basis. I don't come out of intellect. But I'm happy to deal with your intellect if you want to bring it this way. Does it sound like a challenge? It is. I'm getting worse and I'm getting better. I'm getting worse because I'm more cranky about what I see around me. People that will not look at what they, who they are and want to fight with it and want to blame others. Now I'll tell you about my teachers. Nobody's to blame this, but everyone's responsible. You can do this. Spend some time. Train your mind, please. Train your mind so you don't dump any of your unexamined crap on other people because you don't like to feel bad. The Buddha said, life is suffering, and he was not kidding us. If you haven't understood that truth, don't go to the next one. There's four of them. The next teacher I had that met me where I was at was an art teacher. And I can't remember how he did that, but with him it was also present, his, just his presence. He's long passed away. Never uh, have forgotten him. And then I had another art teacher at uh, the Art Institute of Chicago who also was, I'm not going to go into detail, but was, but you could sense this person was looking at you, listening to you, and then responding to you out of whatever is showing up in your mind stream. Not some kind of fancy instructions about things or being in charge or being the authority about what was being taught. And then I meant, uh, amongst other people, uh, Rinpoche, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche in 1973. And then uh, he helped me see how to be a student. And that's when I began the hard, hard work of being a student to everyone. Everyone is teaching you. If my, I apologize if this seems to interrupt something and I'm trying to convey, but it's pretty emotional for me. I can't be helped. I can't present myself as a, uh, for someone who's got their shit together. I don't, I never have had, at least I haven't had for the last couple of decades. And you don't have to get yours together either. You do not have to know, you do not have to understand. You have to see what this is. That's the warning, according to Susan Hirschfield. <laughs> you hear my nose blow, I'm about to dump another ton of, uh, cinder blocks on you. And he did that with his presence. He also did it with his, his teaching, his writing, uh, the book Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, which we've been studying since we first started almost 50 years ago, 1975 is when I started studying that with others formally, sit down in a group and study the book. Discuss it. And in those days, didn't have anybody to ask any questions of. 
everyone, if you're a student, then everything, everyone is your, your, is your teacher. All of your relationships, even the ones that ended in divorce or separation, teachers, every single one of them. So I can tell a few stories about, about uh, Trungpa Rinpoche and very few interactions I had with him. Not many, four. I think it might have been more that i not sure. But it was his presence that, that you knew you were uh, <coughs> being received. You're being listened to. You were being met right where you were at. I'm not very good at that. I'm working on it. He was amazing at that. My takeaway from that is I just met someone for the first time. <laughs> I was just comparing, I was just comparing in my mind, uh, uh, Trump to Coven Gina Roshi, who was a totally different uh, teacher. I, I seemed to needed two completely opposite teachers to deal with my transcendental dyslexia. otherwise known as ignorance, ignorance form. He was very present also, so, so present that it was embarrassing to be with someone who was so simple, so direct, so present, so Kind. I've been thinking about this talk for years and didn't want to give it. Are you afraid to show up like I'm showing up? You're afraid to be vulnerable to your own memories, your own feelings, your own students? Shouldn't I be acting more like a Zen master? Wave a stick around or something? We're talking about here ultimate truth. This is what I'm pointing at as a relative being living in the same damn world that you're in with the same chaos, the huge landslides coming in every direction, including the one in your mind stream. And I'm saying, just observe. If it's coming towards you, you have it coming, not because you're to blame, but because you're not separate from anything, all the movement that you see coming and going, coming and going is your mind, not yours personally, not the personhood, but this mind, it doesn't belong to anyone. Okay, give me some questions so I can get some help here. Sir. Shoto Bowing, um, you're talking about receiving everybody as a teacher? Yes. Um, and it seems like with the formal teacher-student relationship, you might give us some direction. But I notice when other people try to give me direction, there's a lot of resistance or... Yes. What's your question? Should we be taking direction from other people if we're trying to relate to them as a teacher? You should, you should listen to them. 
That's the first thing is to first is just to listen to what they're saying without covering up what, what they're saying with what you think they said. If you're listening to somebody, you won't know what they're saying. If you think you know what they're saying, the very nature of ignorance is to disagree or object or cover up with your ideas and your conjunctions about that. That's why you need a teacher so the teacher can introduce you to this world so that that teacher can tell you, say to you, suggest to you that you might want to just receive everything. Start by receiving a wall, the mind that shows up on the wall. There's no one there but you, but you'll notice how all the various kinds of emotions, feelings, passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, on and on and on, keep showing up in the mind stream. Receive that, practice on that. So when you go out and meet someone, possibly you're Possibly your life partner, possibly, in your case, I would say your dad. I don't have to even meet your dad. All I have to do is meet you. You know what I'm talking about. That's your teacher. I had a stepfather who was also a teacher of mine. He didn't know it, but he wasn't a teacher at the time. I had to look back on it to see how much he taught me. Same thing with my mother. Everything in life is coming towards us at, I think, lightning speed. Yes. Some is hit and some is missed in our life. What is your question? I've, I'm totally so, with you. Yeah. I'm so, totally with you. What's your question? So some is hit and some is missed. So you said, and when we meditate, just observe. Don't engage, just observe. I didn't say don't Why? engage. I said just observe. Just observe. So by just observing. Yes means are we um, avoiding sowing any karmic seed let us karma fit in this, in this it doesn't fit it doesn't fit no it's a, karma is a description that to address relative truth which is on which is unreal it's an illusion so you don't have to worry about your karma just meet everything where it's at as it shows up in your mind stream without without objecting without agreeing without shutting down and transcend the attachment to uh, the singularity we call a human being, human form. You have to see it. You don't have to change it. You don't have to conquer it. You're welcome. Yes. Well, Devon, you said Rinpoche taught you how to be a student. How did he teach you? by being, by showing me that he was a student. I expected someone to, when I started saying all the things that were wrong with me and I couldn't do and I, and how confused I was and how insane I was, he just listened. He gave me no advice other than, are you sitting? Yes, he said, keep sitting. That's all I got from him. Now, I'm not saying that he had a standard that he was saying that to every, everyone. He might have been saying, you need to pack up your bags and move to, move to Boulder and uh, live in Kalapa Court or something like that. Everyone got different treatment from him. More? Yoon Bowing, how do others or we're talking about teachers from the, the girl that broke the hamburger to mm-hmm. everyone that is your teacher. How do others show you who you are? Takes a while. 
have to receive people where they're at, how they show up, receive them. And also at the same time you're doing that, if you've been training your mind, you'll find you're, you get much better at not only receiving what shows up, but also receiving on what you're adding on to it, that you, what you think is showing up, you become very aware of your projection onto others in the form of, I don't like them, or in the form of they're crazy, or in the form of, uh, uh, I've never met somebody so confused, or in the form of they're really wonderful, they seem to have a very good intellect. I could go on and on, but I don't need to, you know what I mean. Everybody you meet, you have different ideas about. All projections. They're cover-ups of what is in front of you. Let's go back to your question. What is it? Where in that equation is the who you are? How do I show you who you are? By seeing who you think others are and not agreeing with it. Passion, grasping, not disagreeing with it. Aggression, pushing, and not avoiding it, looking away, distracting yourself into some other idea about it. And also not maintaining it, which is another form of ignorance. Just return to it, return to it. It, it, it just completely takes away all the supports and the crutches and the, and the reference points and the fuel and the nutrition. The ego needs to continue to be a separate person from everything else. Don't believe a word I say, but you could consider it. And how do you consider it? Spend 10 or 20 years looking at the wall. Find a community that supports you in doing that. That's what this building is about. This is why I ask for help, not because um, we're, need to, we, we make any promises to anyone, that you, any guarantees. If it's, a, if it's a spiritual path, there'll be no guarantees. It's a cheap shot. You can't guarantee the spiritual path because there's no other. There's no result. Results are about relative truth. And there are plenty of meditation teachers out there all over YouTube that are promising you things. You'll feel better. You'll be more mindful. You'll be more clear. You'll be less harmful. And that, to some extent, probably is true. Anybody that sits down and does nothing for long periods of time, even if they have their eyes closed, is probably going to slow down a little bit, not be quite so speedy, and assume that's some kind of enlightenment. Go ahead. The Yuan Valley. This statement, this idea, this encouragement to find out who you are sounds like it's going to get down to something solid. Who it does, doesn't it? That's spiritual materialism. You can't help it that you're a double Taurus. Can you? You're here and you have, I'm just not going to go into astrology. But I'm just saying you, you can't, you're here, you, you didn't create this person. The people that talk about it differently, but you didn't, you, you don't have any say so about anything. We don't have control. But what we can do is we have all these receptors, eyes, near, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind, fingertips, just receive, 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 don't produce anything unless you have to. You might have to chase down a deer and kill it. In ancient times. These days, you might have to go to the supermarket. You might have to do this situationally. So what we're doing here is saying, sit down, find out who you are, so you don't project your misunderstanding, your pain, and your suffering on others, and then try to correct them. Don't correct yourself either. More? Are you how is 
maybe asking the question or or looking or trying to find out who I am different than what I am. Sorry, Not good. Boil it down a little bit. What do you want to know? What is the what is the difference between who I am and what I am? Who you are is uh, uh, is a kind of separate identity, and what you are uh, is uh, uh, maybe more uh, more down into the substrate of, of what you are rather than an identity. It's what is this? It's dependently risen. Who you are is is the illusion that you're a separate being, and seeing that you're an illusion. Seeing that this is an illusion, if you see it totally, it's Buddhahood. You don't have to get rid of the illusion. If you think you do, then we're right back to the circle of samsara, success and failure, right and wrong, and you'll actually die thinking you're enlightened. Here it comes. I made that as loud as I could in, in honor of someone who's louder. <laughs> More? You know, I so hearing you describe who and what is looking for who I am, just looking at the illusion. Did I lose you? I don't know. I'm here. Where are you? All over. That's awareness. That's awareness to when you say, I'm all over or I'm confused. Don't get rid of that. Don't repair anything. Do not fix anything. Do not heal. I'm not saying don't heal. You're a nurse. I'm not saying a relative structure, but to use the, the healing kind of idea in the mind stream, it's, it's a circle. If you buy into that kind of situation, then it just gets worse and you get sick again. You see that a little bit. You must see it in your work. More. Any other questions here? Yes. Mazukabang, earlier this week, you said something along the lines of when you, when we bring us, bring you our delusion, you're completely deluded with us. Of course. We can't help you unless I, unless I'm not separate from you, unless I actually see it. I'm the, I'm the crap you're trying to get rid of, except I'm not trying to get rid of anything. Why would I get rid of my arm? Why would I get rid of my foot? Why would I get rid of, of anything? Why would I get rid of anything? More. Oh, no, I, it seems like you've created or we've received a powerful training mandala here where the benefit benefiting from a very particular Training, yes, training model. It is. How much of your relationship with Rinpoche was from you and not the training mandala that he had created? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, because I, I, I did what he told me to do. I mean, Personally, all he said was keep keep meditating, keep uh, basically encouragement to keep going. But what he set up is I looked at what his students were saying and what should be done and what we should study and 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 we should sit uh, yintan every 
you know, once a month anyway, which is nine hours, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, three hours in the evening. So that's what we did. Or that's what I did uh, here in, in Battle Creek. And uh, there wasn't anybody doing that here. So I was going over to Ann Arbor to meet with a group over there. So I'm not sure what, if there's more that. Then there's all the seminary transcripts and all the books that he wrote, studying those and studying other text, texts more. The volume, I guess I'm looking at the inspiration, how much of your, the training or your relationship with Rinpoche seems like the way you describe it was you were just all in right from the very beginning. Well, I, I looked around a little bit. I went up and uh, practiced session with a category Roshi in Minneapolis. So I was still trying to see who he was. And uh, I didn't particular, particularly care for Tibetan Buddhism with all the phantasmagoria and all the fancy rituals and so on. It wasn't drawn to that. It was, it was uh, his presence I was, that I was drawn to. And uh, my first contact was with, as many of you already know, was reading uh, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, which was published, I think, in 72. I read it in the summer of 73, so right about the time. It's very difficult for anybody to read that and not see that there's quite a bit of understanding and value and a way of talking about the Buddhist Dharma in a very straightforward way that uh, is kind of surprising. He'd only been in the West for, at that time, about 12 years. But it seems like that was long enough for him to be able to teach what he was, what he had learned or what he had understood from his teachers and his practice. He's a tulku, so he was started at the age of about four, being trained by monks in a monastery. And so he was just an extremely good communicator. I want to try one more time to get to my question. I hope so. How much of it is the form that carries us? How much of it is our own inspiration? I just It's all, all of that. The inspiration can come and go. If you're on this path for very long, eventually it starts to all come apart. This is how emptiness shows up as your particular understanding or even your enthusiasm, or your interest in even practicing, it, practicing this comes apart. For me, that was very necessary to have a connection with with the teacher, or as I would have said back then, the guru. The teacher is very important to me. And I'm not saying it wasn't important to others also. It wasn't all that special, but it was also I, uh, his saying, that in, uh, I think it's in one of the books, maybe it's Myth of Freedom or one of those books that you get too close. You don't get close enough to the teacher, you don't get enough heat, and you get uh, too close to the key to, to, to the teacher you get burned and that was very much like that for me i didn't have to get very close to him before i started feeling a lot of heat i kept my distance and just kept practicing for years and years decades but this situation that's being presented here with this person is not the result of decades it's not like a, a practice for decades and you'll have this result there's no result here there's no result. Nothing happens. Some, if you were going to even use that kind of a 
an image or an understanding, you would have to say nothing happens or less happens. You actually, you actually see it yourself and nothing changes. You have a really terrible temper, it does not go away. If you have anxiety, may go away, may not. What, what goes away, if you were to talk about it at all, would be the, the feeling that you're a separate being. Because everywhere you look, you, you don't see someone else. You also, I've said it this way, you see yourself, but even that is, doesn't work either. It's, you don't see anyone else. Everything is empty of the otherness it used to have. So nothing has changed. Because it's always been that. You realize you've always been looking at that. It's just you would cover it up. You'd be afraid and cover it up from the time you were three or four years old. Instead of going on like that and eventually uh, falling into some kind of behavior that just stops you from even looking anymore, which happens to quite, quite often to uh, four or five, six-year-olds uh, being tortured by their parents uh, with the idea that they, they need some kind of training about, that is about control rather than understanding. Please. Divine, what was communicated by his presence? Just, uh, I just, I, I, it's been said different ways. Uh, sounds familiar when I hear this, but it feels like your mind comes to a halt. <clears throat> he wasn't doing anything. He was just there. Uh, now, you could also say that I was being affected by, he was this fancy Tibetan guy, but he kind of deliberately went against that. When I first met him, he was wearing a golf, golf shirt and uh, smoking Marlboros. Uh, it was just another guy. I think there was 12 other people there in the room. So it didn't seem particularly special to me. But he didn't show up as a Tibetan Lama. He wasn't in robes. I'd met those over in Kalamazoo. I'd come over and met the Lamas, and I was not impressed with them. And also, they were not impressed with me. <laughs> so, yes. How did the experience of having your mind stopped in his presence? Excuse me. Affect you? It was scary. And I both wanted to see more of him. Uh, and I also was paranoid about it because it was just, just like taking a overdosing on something that was really good. You can only do so much of that. So I, I kept doing it. I kept coming. I formed a group here in town, Dharma study group, to, to continue to practice with people. Went to Chicago and he showed up down there several times. He was, a, he was just a powerful, powerful person who really didn't, um, didn't use that to manipulate anybody that I could see. This quick story, we were standing on uh, um, a fellow practitioner. Uh, this is back in probably 1974, five, maybe 75. And I'm down there in Chicago and Rinpoche is there and he's just given a uh, what they called then an intensive training seminar, usually last uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And I've told some of you have heard this before, but I think it's quite uh, interesting. This fellow was standing next to me. We're both on look, looking down on State Street the second floor and we're looking down on the traffic and it's a, it's a summer evening quite nice the weather the windows are open a little bit traffic is going by and, um, and then there's a little bit of a gap between us and Rinpoche came up and stood right between us and I'm starting to get really paranoid 
because I, you know, I, I know what an idiot I am, but I don't want them to know that. <laughs> so uh, I'm standing there, and uh, the other fellow who was a, um, had quite a, uh, maybe less fear than I had, uh, he, uh, his name's almost showing up here. Um, he also, he had a, a PhD in philosophy, the other fellow, and so it was quite impressive when he talked. And so he said, I'm kind of inventing this voice from my memory. He said, so Rinpoche, what do you think of Chicago? And Rinpoche, without even looking at him or at me, just looking down the street, says, it doesn't make any difference what I think of Chicago. And of course that's, I'm glad I didn't say anything. <laughs> freaked out, but I think I'm, I'm glad it was him. He didn't seem to be too affected by it. Just kind of like, okay, like yeah, I guess Rinpoche did want to shoot the breeze with me. So, <laughs> and he, that's how he functioned like that. He wasn't particularly concerned in making friends with you. And that was uh, very powerful to, to, to meet somebody who didn't have any interest in controlling you, it seemed. Just all, the only message he had for me is meditate. How much are you meditating? And then I would tell him, and I don't remember what I said, but he said, keep sitting. Keep sitting. Every time I met him, the four different times I met him in a private uh, interview with him, he, he always said that. Keep, keep sitting, keep sitting. And of course, what do I say? Keep sitting. Can't, can't promise anything. Further questions in here? Yes. So, Bowing, um, you've talked about a few things that you do differently than like Trump or Rinpoche. Yes. Um, one of those is, um, I, I understand Shambhala to be more of a secular approach, but you've ordained people and you, you yes. go in that direction. What is the importance of having a monastic community to practice? So I'm uh, come from a Tibetan lineage that I practiced in pretty strong and still a practice in that lineage. I'm still part of uh, Shambhala. Never people sometimes, why did you leave Shambhala? What an assumption, I haven't left anything. So I am Shambhala. If someone wants to come along and say, no, you're not. Then they say, okay, well, maybe not. But if you ask me, I'm going to say that because I am, I am that. And so um, I don't know how to describe it other than what's showing up here. That's why we have uh, what has been created as the order of immediate light, because we have the Zen tradition coming through Kobanchino Roshi and the, the Kagyu tradition coming from Trungpa Rinpoche and all the other lineage holders down through the centuries that Chazan was talking about today, Milarepa, that's what he was talking about. And uh, uh, Mahashapa and the Zen, uh, side, Zen Buddhist side. It just seems like it's necessary to, to have monastics from watching, spending 30, 35 years, maybe more than that, watching how Shambhala operated over a long period of time and the difficulties in the Sangha and the, the struggles between people. Uh, people need to practice more and they need to, to we need to have some people that are dedicating their life to this not just weekend warriors and not to be uh, to, to take away from someone who meditates on the weekend. We need some kind of strong core. So that's what, as far as I'm concerned, that's what this is about.
is building a strong, not so much about you or me or anything, but have a place where people can come in a building, monastery, and it doesn't matter if they're married or have children or anything, not talking about it, about any of this uh, celibacy or any of that. That's, um, but live in the community, be a householder and also be a monk. That hasn't been done too much that I know of. Quite often when they bring this type of thing from the West or from any direction, they try to do it traditionally the way it was done in Japan, or the way it was done in Korea. You have to do it exactly like the Tibetans teach, or you have to have a Lama teach you how to do nondual practice. No, you don't. You might have to have someone teach you that who's practiced it, but it doesn't have to be a Lama. Now, if you think it does, then what do I say? Go study with one then, but don't necessarily come this direction and try to dismantle or say this is uh, somehow unauthentic or something, because authentic authenticity is always based on some kind of a judgment or um, contrast. Go ahead. One of the other things that you don't teach is the idea of everything that the teacher says that I will do. I don't. Why doesn't that work? Well, it doesn't work as a standard. So I'm not going to teach it as a standard. But if you get close to the teacher, as I did, uh, it fits. Uh, but it has to do it situationally. You can't just tell everybody they have to mind. But it's not about having a, a big daddy or a parent or something, although that image has been used too. In the Tibetan tradition, it's the only father group. So that's used. But this is ancient times back then. It's not now. So that may happen with you. It certainly did with me. But it's unlikely if it's a true teacher that he or she or they are going to tell you something uh, that is going to be somehow um, manipulative or harmful or or abusive or right now if if you just go back and listen to the what uh, uh, Jaizan was talking about when he was uh, relating the story of uh, Melarepa, the quite famous uh, sage of the uh, Tibetan uh, Kagyu tradition who was, was a murderer, according to the stories. And Marpa had, uh, had um, uh, as his teacher, had him build a house out of stones. And then when he got it all done, he says, I didn't tell you to build it there. I told you to build it over there. So he'd have to tear it all down. He said, I didn't want a round house. I wanted a square house. And so he, and what, was he abusing Melarepa? Well, you know, probably Melarepa might have felt that way, but the culture that that was happening in seemed maybe that was the only way he could work with uh, Melarepa. So it's it's very situational. Am I getting close to what you're asking about? No. Didn't I have you build something for me and then change it? Didn't you think about Melarepa then? Did you think about Marpa the translator? Have I translated anything? I translate everything. No, I'm not a translator. Do you want me to be? Good. Further questions? Go ahead. Shoto Valley. What can the Sangha learn or how can we receive when someone in the Sangha um, steps away from the community or formally leaves? 
any number of things. So some people can't can't do this for any length of time. It starts to get too uncomfortable. So now I'm not here to say that you're bad if you go another direction. Do whatever you want to do. I mean, if you're fully ordained as a monk, I'm probably going to try to talk you out of that. But when I say talk you out of it, I just m might try to communicate, get you to talk to me. What's what is what's going on? So if, if it's the one you're talking about recently, if someone who is a fully ordained monk, a longtime student, uh, asking permission to stop being a student of mine, what am I going to say? No, no, you have to continue. So I, I don't know. They're probably doing the best they can. I don't know what it's like to be them. Probably it's not easy. One way to stop uh, having that discomfort is to get away from the teacher. But one of the ways you would do that is to start to think that the teacher is probably wrong, the way they're teaching is incorrect, or they're too this or too that. But it doesn't make them wrong. It just means that they're, they're, they believe their thoughts. And if you, if you don't believe your thoughts, you don't disbelieve your thoughts, you don't ignore your thoughts, you're liberated. And what are you liberated into? It's not into anything. It's out of everything. You no longer have reference points. The only way you have a reference point is when a student arises, arrives in front of you, then you have a reference point. If there are no students, you don't go around promoting yourself as a teacher, which is what this person is kind of doing. It's kind of sneaky about it though. So this doesn't mean that they won't be able to help people. I'm, I'm fully confident that if someone comes to that particular person, which I'm not gonna name them, but uh, that they will get help because that person is very dedicated to being helpful to people. Uh, I'm not being, I'm not dedicated to helping you. If I have to kick your ass, I will. But you can also say, well, you're not going to kick my ass. I'm going to move to Utah too far away. You could do that. And those of you who get uh, sometimes feel like leaving, what do I say? Move. You have to move. What, what do I think? Don't move. No, stay here. Finish this path. But if you come and insistent, like this person was in their own way, I would just say, well, maybe something I don't understand here. Maybe they should go another direction. More? Sure. Get back in. Uh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about to use the that guru teaching as an example yeah. the, that you don't do how he was doing it, your teacher was doing it, how is that, or is that different than the attitude of, I see things differently from the teacher? Mm, that, that would have worked better if the person would just tell me what they meant, but we never would just say, I see things differently. That's all I ever got. So I'm, they just aren't going to tell me what they saw differently. So I, I have kind of a, so it makes it, it looks more like fear to me. Is it? I don't know. You're no longer a student of mine, so it's fine to ask questions about that, but I don't know how far you might want to ask that person. Find out what they thought. But it's not wrong, so it isn't like they did what they could. I did the best I could. I would say I'm just not a very good teacher. I'm not, if I wanted to approach it that way, why wouldn't I have been able to somehow reach that person in their ignorance and point out to them. I certainly tried for many, many years. Yes. Are they still Sangha? Uh, yeah, they're, you know, they're Sangha. From, from, a, from my point of view, everything, everyone is Sangha. They just don't know it. 
but yes, that that person is still still Sangha. They aren't. They've disconnected from this teacher, so they've really, in some sense, have disconnected from the Sangha, but not as individuals. You can continue. I'm all about that. We just talked about that. By all means, go and visit them and um, listen to them teach if you want to do that. It wouldn't take you away from someone that you were friends with or you had a good connection with. Yes. Interviewing, I think you said you're not all about helping us. Uh, based on what you think help is. So that's why it might be hard to take what I do or how I teach. I, I do want to help you, but I don't want to help you cover up your your garbage mind so that you can come back lifetime after lifetime after lifetime and suffer or uh, help other people <laughs> suffer. And, and I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying if you realize what this is, you you the body mind may collapse, but the consciousness doesn't follow it down into hell or into whatever kind of dimension in some kind of dark area or difficulty or more spinning or, or spinning right back into another lifetime where you have the same uh, table setting. Maybe maybe a different direction. Maybe it's uh, in the 14th century. We're the ones that impose the directionality of past and future, but that's unreal. There's no past and future. Surprise. You think there is? You can go ahead and think that. But you can be born out west in the 1870s. Sound good? No. <laughs> Probably not so good. No hot water. <laughs> yeah. No toothbrushes. More, more questions about that, please don't hesitate. How, how is the vow different than being all about helping us? So a vow is to be with all things. And another way, if it works better, save all beings. So just for some people, you just be with all things, because if you are with all things, and if you're, if you're not separating yourself from all things, then the past disappears, the future disappears, and even the present becomes questionable, because it's, the present comes out of uh, not being in the future and not worrying, regretting the past. So it means you're right here all the time. Your body could die right now and you go nowhere. Who you actually are doesn't go away. Consciousness only. And I, I'm not promoting belief in that. But you could consider that your attachment to your body-mind as a lifetime going on for whatever length of time, that that somehow is you and, and is your reality. This personality is temporary. And it, and it will not last. It will come apart but it may resurface in some other way if there's unfinished business. In other words, if they're still grasping, if there's still warfare, and if they're still shutting down, then there, there's, it won't be in perpetuity, but there'll be a lot of going around and around samsara, life and death, life and death, life and death. Life. That's the other polarity that we are endeavoring to see through other circularity. Born, then we die, and we're born. And that's why it is said, uh, banke, taku, Taku said, uh, we're talking about the unborn, because consciousness is, doesn't come into existence, can't pass out of existence. But if it's identified with a, a, a living form, then it, the, that illusion is really strong. I actually think we are Larry Trumbull. You know him? 
I do. Your friend Larry? That's my friend Larry. He thinks he's Larry Trumbull, and I don't disagree with him. Nobody disagrees with Larry. Yes. In your mind, was Larry one of your teachers? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, still is. Seriously. No, I'm joking a little bit. No, seriously. Where are you going with that? You know him. <laughs> I always listen to him. I used to argue with him, but I stopped that years ago. Now I just listen. What does he tell me about? Mushrooms, how to grow mushrooms, beekeeping. Um, yeah, I could go on and on, but I don't, I don't want it to be this to talk about Larry. <laughs> More? Junju Valley, if we've taken the vow, or if we have taken the vow, or observed the vow, observed the vow. and we're endeavoring to be with all things, mm -hmm. for me that often shows up as having a statement in my mind, how can I be helpful here, or how can I be helpful to this person? That, that works. With some of that, it's just obvious you help somebody, or you may not be able to help somebody. But I, I interrupted you, so what did you were you going to do? Um, is there some other phrase or more fundamental uh, endeavor when it, interacting with people? I, the, I think the best thing uh, or something I'm always pointing at is listen. Just really listen to people. Even while you're listening, you might be disagreeing in the back of your mind well they're they don't understand or whatever but if you can just do a lot of receiving from others you don't have to agree with them or validate them or disagree or ignore you can just receive what they're saying most people are covered they have no practice and even some people who have a practice are covering up their discontent covering up the first noble truth of suffering and they're successful relatively for a little while you can just ignore you just every time you start to feel um, have difficulty with something, you can get medications. Certain kinds of meditation will take away negative stuff. Um, activity, though, my my parents just drank a lot and uh, and went bowling a lot and played shuffleboard and visited with their friends and went on picnics until they died. Smoked a lot of cigarettes too. Was that some kind of useless life? No, I wouldn't say so. Pretty, pretty common. But this is a spiritual path. You want it? You want to know what this is deeply before you pass on? Find out who you are. Find out what this identity is. There a solid being here called uh, Juju? Is there, is there a real person there? There's a body. You have hands. You can walk out of here and you can come back. But when the body mind drops, who you actually are doesn't go anywhere. But if you still think you're somebody, then that will go on. Am I condemning you to something? No, I mean, there's, not, there's no guarantee you're gonna become a ghost. I can't say that's what's going to happen, but attachment, attachment to anything is, is out of consciousness. It's not out of the 
the grasping hand. This is just shows you what grasping is and shows you what rejection is or aggression or shows you what to use that. But eventually this is gone. But then there's the illusion of a self that shows up in a dream. You have a dream body. So consciousness is really complicated and very simple at the same time. More, you have it. How is the is the spiritual life at odds with having somewhat of a mundane life? No, they're not separate. In ancient times, it was seemed to be necessary to move to the mountaintop or move to the monastery or go into the forest and and hang out with other people in robes and so on. Um, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be helpful. That one of the things one of the things we do is go into solitary retreat right upstairs above this. People have spent, uh, I think, at least a month up there, maybe more than that. I can't recall. Totally alone, just practice, practice, practice for hours all day long, eight hours a day, ten hours a day. Go out in the woods, which is what we do here. As people schedule. Going to retreat, Ondo's going to be gone for 30 days in, in solitary retreat. So, why don't you do that? What do you want to do that for? My teacher says to go to the wall. Well, you can go to the wall right here. Why don't you just do this and hang out? And that way you can, you can party down in the kitchen. And, you know, when you're not sitting, you know, just sit four or five hours a day. And the rest of the time, your teacher would let you off the hook, wouldn't he? Yes, but he also says to sit more. So the thing about the retreat is then you're really isolating yourself. You have nobody to run your your spiel down on. You have no one to blame. You might still be blaming them in your head, but probably after, you know, a couple of weeks of listening to your mind do that, eventually it starts to get worn out and you start to become slowly responsible for your mind stream and your thoughts and your emotions and your opinions. You realize you're creating them. You're just using someone else as a, something to bounce it off from. But there are no separate beings. If you think there are, if you believe there are, if you feel there are, any of that, you'll continue to spin and you'll torture yourself and you'll torture others to some extent. Some people do this less than others. Some people are overwhelmingly powerful, as we know. Look at the politics. People who are seem to have some kind of chemistry to just make motions like this and whole groups of people because they like that kind of a neurosis, that, that kind of a persona, that puffed up person. And so they want to be part of that. They're tired of looking at their own weakness. And here's a weak person who knows how to pretend to be powerful. Go ahead. I'm thinking of a friend of mine who it's, it's as if he uses arguing as a way of connecting with people, like we would argue back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, is there a way I can stop arguing with him? Yeah, listen to him. Will he think I'm not communicating with him? Anymore? Doesn't matter what he thinks. Don't worry about it. What he thinks. You, you know what? You have no say. So go ahead and give me some of his argument, and I'll be you. Go ahead. Just anything he said, and then I'll I'll respond. And then you'd be set. You just say say just every time you get in an argument, call me up. So he said this, and then he said this, and so on. What should I say? And then I'll tell you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, dumbass. <laughs> uh -huh. Is that all he said? He's a lot meaner than that. <laughs> a lot meaner? So you can't really be that mean. Yeah, 
it's kind of confrontational, even to like strangers in public. He just yeah. thinks he's having fun, but it seems really aggressive. Yeah. So I don't see any problem. Just don't go around it. What What's my desire to still be friends with that person? <laughs> you, your ego, your self-centeredness. You don't need that. That's you know you don't you don't want to go out and run into that because that is your ego language that you're still able to relate to him and you're still able to try to work with him and you want to help him and you're a buddhist monk so now maybe even more so you think that maybe you can even get him to meditate he's not ready to meditate most people cannot do this at least not the way i'm teaching it you think there's someone sitting here there's a human form here but this is not an individual and it's not a bragging point. It's completely empty of a self and other. And your situation is identical. All you have to do is see it. Stop covering up who you are. You see it yourself. You see it. That almost sounds like you'll say, doesn't it? You see, you'll say, no. no. Yes. Since you bowing at the very beginning of this talk, did you say that this talk is coming out of emotion and not intellect? It started out that way. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't uh, have me say so about it. When, when you say that, that something is coming out of emotion, is the emotion about something? Yes. But I can't go there or I can't speak. I'm looking at it all the time, but I, I can't. I can't say it because I, I get lost. So there's there's so much suffering. Uh, talking about just your own suffering, that's that's a uh, as a, what's a traditional drop in the bu bucket. There's so much, and that comes out when you see that this path could possibly address that in humankind. Could address it. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know. There's no way to know anything about outcomes because it's not really an outcome it's more like an intention intention it's fast prajna or yang or wisdom is beyond any kind of relative construct this we're caught in this construct because when we think we are this and we are this person in this relationship with this person in this relationship with the teacher that's why the relationship with the teacher is so important the person is still talking they're still uh eating food, they're still practicing the forms with you, but there's no one there. And I met that in both of my teachers. It took me quite a while with Coben, but I saw it right away in Trungpa. There wasn't anyone there, just the lineage. More if you have it. Is all emotion all emotion, that vastness? Yes. That's why you, you, you can't hardly stand up. It's like looking right at the sun all the time. It's that powerful. Can't look at the sun. Too much. It's too much light. Is 
is intellect also that vast? Yes. Yes, but this, the awareness has to proceed, come, go ahead of that to use a, a little bit of directionality there. It, 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 just a way of talking about it. it doesn't really do that either, but it's, it's just awareness and then everything shows up in the awareness, consciousness only. And what shows up in consciousness is uh, consciousness. What shows up in consciousness is consciousness. Even though it may be for 20 minutes, maybe solid, or 20 centuries, maybe solid. More if you have it. This is why it's so important to just, to just receive. You just receive, then you produce like what I, I can't describe what I was receiving when that emotionality starts to come up. But the emotionality is, uh, you, can't, you can't control that. I can't stop it and try to look more civilized or look more debonair or more in control of my emotions or my feelings. I'm not in control of anything. I could fly into a rage and die out that, dive out that window. It's, it's powerful to see what opens up when you finally stop shutting down on your own, your own Buddha nature and you stop particularly grasping at a personal self or a, or a personal other. In other words, subjective object. Those, those, I can't say they exactly collapse, but it's like that. It's like you don't see other anymore. You just see this. And you see, when you see it in its form, it's Buddha. When you see it in its formless, formlessness, it may be emptiness, it may be wisdom, it may be compassion, but the compassion isn't for something. That's a, that's a more primitive kind of sympathy or caring about someone who's weaker than you are. It's no boundaries to it. This town is full of it. That's why I keep coming back here. Can't get away from this town. Even though from the business point of view, this wouldn't be the best place to start a monastery. Choiceless. More? Yoka. Yoka Bowing. I have a few questions from YouTube. Okay. Sun in South Korea says, what is the best way to clean my ego and karma? Sun Bowing. Simply put, I'd have to get to know you a little better uh, to might give you some more specific advice, but I'm very biased when it comes to this. I mean, I've been doing this for a while. I'm very biased and uh, um, do what I say. What? Train your mind. Sit down, hold still and watch how untrained your mind is over long periods of time. Don't fix anything. Don't correct anything. Nothing has to be clean. It's already pure from the get go. It's pure appearance. Isn't that so? Pure appearance. It just looks crazy. It just looks confused. It looks, but look at it closely without adding. Look at it closely without subtracting. Look at it closely without distracting yourself from it with uh, by ignoring or going off and a lot. I, ha I have a book uh, out there. You could probably get that book and read it. Sounds like you speak English pretty well. Read that book. There's 108 meditations in there. Take the next 108 days and do one of those every day. And just, it's, it's basically saying the same thing over and over again. Sit down, hold still, watch. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, what comes and goes. <clears throat> or do something else. Must be something I'm saying is moving you to even ask the question. 
So that's what I would say. Thomas in the UK asks how to be with someone who is hurtful due to their unhappy mind. Small doses, I think. It depends on there's so many conditions there that I, I don't really know about, but don't don't give up on them altogether. It sounds like you already have a connection with them. And just uh, keep it to a minimum and no criticism of them. Don't criticize them. Not gonna help them. They're already dumping enough crap on themselves as it is, probably. But just uh, just be with them. It goes a little further. Okay. Uh, when others hurt me, I feel division within seriously difficulty ensues. What is that? You think something is threatened. There isn't nothing is threatened because there isn't anyone. There's the illusion of anyone. There's the illusion of me and you guys. And, and some of us are tall, some are short, some are men, some are women, some are not sure what they are. And it's and that all of that is available, acceptable, and receivable. You can you can receive everything. Don't shut anything out. But that doesn't mean you don't don't go to extremes and don't lock your door at night. There's a lot of crazy people out there who uh, will not be kind to you, perhaps. So be reasonable, be pragmatic, but at the same time, receive. Where is that emotionality? now everywhere it's all over the place it's just not coming out here it just it there's a body here there are vocal cords there's a human form as there are all over the place so i i don't know it has something to do with uh with the timelessness of everything this this what i feel is uh feels like it's ageless it's not about, it's not an emotion about something. It's just raw emotion. And it has to do with suffering of everyone. In particularity is a bunch of, bunch of people. Some of us are monks and we're all in here on Denko Way and we're all training and I'm sitting here as much as I can. And you sit here and you look at the wall and we do a few forms together. We have, have a, uh, orderly uh, traditional meal, horioki, eating with uh, the three bowl meal, meal, which everything is a kind of ritualized to give us a form where we can all eat together, uh, communicate, cooperate, collaborate with each other so we can do something as simple as eat. But even in that area, there's friction. So it's about awareness, awareness. It's not about getting rid of the friction. It's also not about overdosing on the friction and kind of destroying yourself. Sure. How did you stop arguing with Larry? Started listening to him. I, I, I love him. He, I met him in the, we were both in the fourth grade. He said, want a cigarette? <laughs> I said, you smoke? He said, yeah. I said, okay. You know what brand it was? Marbles. They were 17 cents a pack. Pretty good smoke. <laughs> you know, we were we were buds from then on. <laughs> and we would when we one more thing about Larry when it, because it was you weren't supposed to be smoking and he had to steal his dad's marbles or his dad's uh, 
there's another another old brand back in the 50s was called wings there's also a cigarette but he would if somebody else was in his house he would call me or i would call him and he says you got we called them rocket fuels <laughs> you got any rocket fuels yeah i got a few <laughs> <I'm> right up <laughs> a secret name so you could somebody was eavesdropping <laughs> So you can see why I kind of like Larry. Further <laughs> <laughs> question? Where should we close? Is there a question on Zoom that I have not? Don't mean to ignore anyone there. Thank you. Sorry. I didn't, uh, so it was muted. Uh, I just, uh, I really don't don't have uh, many questions because I just uh, like to listen uh, what you say and uh, I just uh, find uh, resonating many many things you know it's not something that you need to you understand already and probably also the people there that your teach your 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 students uh, probably for making this kind of questions they already know of that and, but with the discussion you you probably understand more things you can uh, you can go deeper in your own thoughts mindstream you know all that stuff you are talking about and you don't really need to be a Buddhist to to practice that. You 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 know that, but uh, <clears throat> um, but Buddhism, um, I I believe is not a religion. Actually, it's a realization of uh, the human uh, construct of body and mind, how it works that way. I'm, I'm not so good in English. That's why also I'm not speak too much. I'm not asking too much. But I understand Very what good. you're saying. Very good. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you. Thank you for your teaching. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm always a student. I'm always a student in this life. All right, because because uh, because to be a student you can make some mistakes you know if you are a teacher uh, there are not mistakes to make <laughs> you know thank you sir so, question over here go ahead how are students your teacher well i think it's uh, just different all the time so there's no there's no, there's no one way that that shows up. It's just that everyone is different. It's a different dynamic that I have with you, or with the, or with the computers doing something funny. So, yeah. It's, it's just, so, so there's no standard way I can say. There, but just if I listen, if I'm listening to you, just like if I'm listening to this gentleman here, uh, I'm understanding something about what he's saying. And he's uh, he's making statements about the way he he even started uh, endeavoring to teach me something about uh, I've been something I've been practicing for half a century. And what do I do? 
I listen to him. I listen to him. Do I agree? Do I disagree? Do, uh, doesn't matter. That's 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 where we get in caught into into the the the, the, the cage of our beliefs, our opinions, our ideas. Don't do that. No, you have to have to be able to receive. You have to be able to do anything, but you have. To, if you're going to train your mind, you're going to have to receive everything that shows up. You learn from the teacher by receiving from the teacher. You learn how to receive from everyone. More? Sort of going, um, you, you've said before, I think you used like three decades, like you studied and practiced this before you started teaching. At least, at least. Huh? Um, does it look like you're still being a student like you were in those first 30 years? Oh, no, it's there's differences, but they aren't the kind of thing that you'd say something has changed. Just more receiving. But there's still nobody has improved. Nobody's gotten worse. I just don't I don't shoplift anymore. If that's what you're asking about. And I don't if I if I went to your house and saw um, 20 bucks on the table, I certainly wouldn't pick it up and put it in my pocket, but I would have when I was 12. Yes. Is the is the teacher an example of a student? Somewhat, I think. I understand what you're asking about. Any further questions? Further questions on on uh, Zoom? Okay. Well, let's call it, uh, what are we going to call it? You're going to dedicate the merit? Yeah, so will we go back to sitting? Or I think we do tonight. We're in the middle of Denkaway, so we're sitting till what, 9 o'clock? So you can all join us or go watch a movie. It's a lot more fun. Thank you. Uh, Susan, Susan, are you sure, Susan, you don't have a question? Come on. Everybody's standing up, so spit it out. <laughs> Another microphone discrepancy. I'm sorry, Susan Bowling. So you you tell us to sit down. If we want to see our true nature, if we want to see the truth of the way things are, we sit down and hold still and watch our minds, watch the craziness in our minds. I've, ne I've never heard you say, if you wanna, we wanna see our true nature, that we need to attend book studies or Dharma talks. So I'm interested to know how do those support um, seeing who we are, bowing? Yeah, well, you, you might need to, you might be able to just sit uh, as possible. I think it's possible less likely, but also uh, the ego, the self-centered part of the consciousness needs something to feed on that makes sense logically. Or, and, and that's something, if you look at the, the Buddha's uh, teaching down through the centuries, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, to 12 links on the chain of existence, and on and on and on. There's just so many different texts out there that talk about the nature of consciousness being not being a separate being, and the nature of consciousness as being beyond 
duality or this and that up and down, back and forth, life and death, Buddhas and sentient beings. So we need some of the concepts. So to give us a little bit of inspiration to go back because just sitting and facing a wall, um, really, really difficult without some kind of a alternation into using the intellect. So it's sometimes called traditionally the two wings of the bird, the intuition, which is what's happening facing the wall and the intellect or what is happening when you're studying the, the you know, cutting through spiritual materialism or, uh, any other uh, Dharma text, all the, all the teachings of, uh, of uh, Dogen Zenji are, are amazing because they're, it's like when you read that, it's like reading something that is uh, intuitive and something that's intellectual at the same time. It's, uh, it's amazing. So I think starting out by facing a wall, but also maybe some people just need to start out by reading some, reading Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, which is, I recommend that and have for close to 50 years. More, Susan? Susan Bowing. So uh, once I, I heard you say that if you had to choose, like your time was limited and you had to choose between attending a book study or facing the wall, you should face the wall. Is that yeah. still what you would say, Bowing? Yes, I would face the wall. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Shoto, and I'm a monk at Soku Koji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokuzan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help.